This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. People of Earth, your planet has destroyed. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show, the world's most trusted conspiracy theory podcast, with your hosts, Adam Todd Brown and Olivia Haidar. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Conspiracy, the show. I'm Adam Todd Brown. Who are you? I'm Olivia Haidar. That makes us your hosts. Olivia, how's it going? It's going well. What have you been doing since we recorded last? Oh, you know, I got some water. I (laughs) I took pictures of the pretty new studio. It Uh, is nice in here. I love it. I like it a lot. And uh, that's about it. Cool. Yeah, I didn't do much else either. So this is a free episode. We're talking about the recent attacks on the Brazilian Congress. Right. This is going to be a two-parter, technically a three-parter, because if you're not a subscriber, then you probably missed last week's bonus episode that was about a documentary called The Edge of Democracy, Mm -hmm. which talks about the presidency of Luis Inacio Lula da Silva and Dilma Rousseff. Yes. One of those presidencies ended in impeachment. Dilma. And one of them somehow ended with an 87% approval rating (laughs) and a lengthy prison sentence. (laughs) Yeah, one of those. (laughs) And the twists and turns it took to get there are the subject of that documentary, for one thing. Yeah. And they are also wild as shit. And I definitely recommend any American who maybe is not an expert in Brazilian politics to watch it. It's not perfect by any means. Few political documentaries are. Right. But I think it'll give you a much stronger understanding of the attitudes and policies and the political climate that led to the current crisis. And if you've been following Brazilian politics at all recently, it's probably because of Jair Bolsonaro. Right. And the edge of democracy is essentially about the political maneuverings that clear the way for Jair Bolsonaro to take power in Brazil. It's kind of like Thanos in the first Avengers (laughs) movie where like he comes in at the end and you realize like, oh, he's probably going to be like a huge problem (laughs) later on. But in this story, he's a minor figure. Yeah, it's really interesting in that way. Yeah. Because by the time the documentary was made and released, we already knew Jair Bolsonaro was a problem. Right. But the events that it covers, Bolsonaro was just really starting to make his way in Brazil. Like, he'd been around forever, but it was the point where he started really talking about, I'm going to be president. Yes, he was becoming a figurehead. Right. And if you haven't seen the documentary, I would highly recommend it. I recommend it. Not just for... The insight it will give you into what we're talking about 
the next couple weeks, which is the Brazilian Congress attacks. But just so you can see all of the harrowing and frightening parallels to United yeah. States politics yeah. that are at play in Brazil and have been for years. Yeah. Years and years and years. It's very depressing. <laughs> it's a very sad thing to watch now. Yeah. In the current era. And just in the name of providing a quick catch up for people who haven't watched that documentary yet, Lula, again, Luis Inacio Lula da Silva. You're just bragging now. Yeah. Well, this time it's in the notes. That's why it came out so much faster. He was president of Brazil from 2003 to 2011. Mm hmm. And he oversaw the largest economy in Latin America well, during and, that time. And it became the largest right. economy in Latin America because of policies that he enacted, which is important to point out. His time in office also coincided with a vast reduction in poverty, mm -hmm. which is a thing the United States does not like. No. We don't like when our Latin American countries start feeding people. Well, we don't like when anybody... <laughs> Is feeding people. That's not our favorite true, thing. True, Especially, I mean, Latin Americans, American. American Americans. United States Americans. <laughs> his successor, Dilma Rousseff, took his reforms even further and promised to clean up corruption in the Brazilian government. Yeah. And that ended up being her undoing. The country's right-wing politicians just kind of banded together to refocus those corruption investigations on Lula and Rousseff. And Rousseff ends up getting impeached. Lula ends up going to prison. Yeah. If you did listen to that episode and watch the documentary and have not looked into it at all since then or didn't make it to the end of last week's episode <laughs> where we already said this, Lula is out of prison now. Yes, he was released in 2019, and his convictions were thrown out in 2021. Which is great. The last part's really great, because that is what cleared the way for him to run for president again, if he wanted to. And he did want to. Oh, he in fact did want to do that. Good, good. Which, shocking he's not back in prison for that. <laughs> I can't believe they didn't just, like, re-arrest him. <laughs> right. It's like, wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. Like, we didn't think that was going to happen. We thought you'd just be happy to be out of prison. Jesus. <laughs> and so Lula won. Yes. Barely. Yeah. By a hair. 50.9% of the vote versus Bolsonaro's 49.1% of the vote. Just over 1%. A result I don't remember since I did these notes, but I'm sure Bolsonaro's going to take that in stride. Oh, sure. Immediately concede victory right just like trump did right right who he is obviously a fan of very big fan and i bet trump is a big fan i'm sure of bolsonaro well, if he's said nice things about trump then trump is a big fan <laughs> i feel like if trump looks in the mirror mm -hmm. i feel like he sees jair bolsonaro <laughs> Sure. It's his idealized digital self-image. Yeah. Like in the Matrix. Yeah, that's what his Nintendo Wii <laughs> avatar looks like. Yes. Looks like Bolsonaro. Yeah, that's what he thinks his tan looks like. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, yikes. So he did not concede victory immediately. Oh, wait. No, wait. I thought we, we were just talking about how he did. I was sure he was gonna, but no. Instead, what Bolsonaro did is just kind of went into hiding for a couple days after he lost. Like, he didn't say, yes, I lost. He didn't say, no, I won. 
He didn't say shit for like 48 hours. Oh, loser. And so you're not going to believe this, but Uh Bolsonaro spent a good part of the election claiming that the country's electronic voting machines are susceptible to fraud and that if he lost, he was not going to accept the results. Wow. Shocking. Yeah, I've never heard anything like this before. Shocking turn of events. What's even more shocking is Brazil, if you watch The Edge of Democracy, it seems like they've been dealing with that since, like, Lula was getting elected. Sure. And to be fair, the United States has two. It's mm-hmm. just that it was 2000 and 2004 when we were really up in arms about stolen elections and we didn't do shit about it then. <laughs> sure. But I mean, like, we do have people who are all up in arms about stolen elections now. Right. Which is, you know, kind of also applicable. Yeah. But it seems like with Brazil, it's always just been, oh, the results aren't good. Doesn't matter. Like, we at least had some specific complaints <laughs> sure. in 2000. Yeah, like, I get hey, you. the Supreme Court just gave him. Right. Uh, that's not right, is it? Yeah. Like, but that's right. like, that's just such baby corruption compared to the things that yeah. go on in Brazil. I, I mentioned this in our episode about the edge of democracy, but the difference in tone between American and Brazilian politics, while not being very different, especially on the right wing side, like the key difference is that there are many people alive and working in the government who have a working memory of a time when there was a literal military dictatorship in their country. And they have a bunch of people in the country who also remember that and are passing these memories on to their children. And those people liked that. Right. And so they are able to be a little bit more forward (laughs) about the actual intentions behind their right-wing policies. Yeah. That's true. And so he did eventually hold a press conference yeah, where he didn't exactly concede, but he did say something like, I'm going to follow the Constitution, Uh which was basically him saying he's not going to interfere with the transfer of power. Yeah, And also a bunch of his allies in Brazilian government chimed in to recognize his defeat. I think they probably realized that they didn't need to do that step because people would just get mad on their behalf. Right. Right. And that's what happened. (laughs) That is exactly what happened. Bolsonaro supporters lost their shit. Yeah. And it's very similar, like the storming of Congress in Brazil. It's similar to what happened in the United States, obviously, on January 6th. But it seems so much more intense. Mm -hmm. The buildup to it. Like there was online chatter about January 6th that the FBI saw and was like, cool, (laughs) come out and storm the Capitol with all those cameras rolling. But with Brazil, it wasn't just online chatter. It was just escalating incidents of violence. Yeah. Where it's like, how did you not know this was happening? And it did come out like this is going to be two episodes when we get to the actual the riots at Brazilian Congress, they knew it was coming. They just thought they could contain it. Right. And apparently they didn't watch (laughs) the prequel that happened on January 6th in the United States. Right. Because it's uh, hard to contain when some of you are in on it. Right. When you don't want to hurt these people because (laughs) they're your voters. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, you see the same things where there's, like, police and military involved in helping the rioters. And then... I don't know how you plan for that, honestly. 
Not my job. Well, I would say the first thing I would do is not push fascist ideologies. Yeah. I don't know if maybe I'm talking out my ass here, (laughs) but that would be my first move in preventing a militarized fascist population from trying to kill me. It might work, yeah. To not stoke those ideas. But hey, that's just me. It's one potential remedy. (laughs) You know? Look, hindsight, it's 2020. Yeah. We're just going to the marketplace of ideas. You need us to pick you anything up while we're there? You know, no one could have seen that stoking the right wing and fascist (laughs) intents of parts of your populace could backfire on you. No one knew that. No. And so the first thing Bolsonaro supporters do is tens of thousands. I've seen sources that put it closer to... 100,000. Yeah. Bolsonaro supporters protested at military bases across the country calling for the military to stop Lula from being inaugurated. Again, this is what we're talking about when it comes to the relationship with the military dictatorship. Yeah. Because this happened in at least 75 cities, including all of Brazil's 27 state capitals. And on the one hand, I mean, that makes it easy for the military if they at any point want to just start mowing down protesters. They, like, don't even have to mobilize. They can just go out to the fence. But, like, it's not like they're protesting against the military. Right. So they really don't want to kill these people because they're there being like, hey, we love you. Please do something. Yeah. And I don't know if they realize that they're really putting the military in a spot. (laughs) Sure. I could see this putting a little bit of that mistrust in the military in place Mm -hmm. with some of these protesters. I just watched and we're doing an episode about it somewhere down the road with Jen Scott. There's a documentary called this place rules. Oh yeah, I just saw that. With that, I didn't watch it, but freshly disgraced filmmaker Andrew Callahan. I had never heard of that guy before that thing came out. I hadn't either. But one of the things you see in that documentary is the rift that formed between the Proud Boys and the police, mm-hmm. where Proud Boys were always like very pro cop. Absolutely. And that eventually super duper changed. And it's because like stuff like this, they were showing up at rallies being like, yeah, stop calling for people to defund the police. Yeah. But then they get tear gassed by the police. (laughs) And they're like, hey, we were here for you. And then come January 6th, they're like, man, fuck the police if you're not on Trump's side. Right. And I think that was where people kind of made that mistake in criticizing the January 6th protesters where they're like, oh, you're so pro-cop, but you're attacking cops. It's like they weren't pro-cop by that point. Sure. Which, I mean, same, but... Yeah, but again, when it comes to these sorts of things, the reasons matter. Right, yeah. The reasons the Proud Boys are not pro-cop is because the cops didn't want to let them beat up black people. I was going to say, they're not anti-cop. Because they want there to be a strong racist police force. Right. But they are against cops who have a political agenda. Yeah. Well, <laughs> As they would put it. <laughs> globalist cops. Sure, yeah. And so, yeah, these protesters in Brazil, when they're occupying these military bases or the outside of military bases, they had some pretty simple demands. The military should take control of the streets. Who doesn't want that? Great. Congress and Supreme Court should be disbanded. 
Cool. And Bolsonaro should remain in power until new elections can be held. Uh-huh. What's the harm? Yeah, it's very, very simple. You could argue with any of these. Ah! <laughs> and the problem is this election that they're claiming was so riddled with fraud was overseen by the military. Yeah. They issued the final report about how clean this election was. So they're not going to step in and be like, yeah, we fucked up. It was all fraud. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, this would not be my first protest in this situation, I don't think. No. I don't think I would immediately go, okay, let's go get the military. And I think it's a perspective thing. I think it's a worldview thing. I don't have that kind of – I mean, obviously, I don't have that kind of view of the military. But I don't think a right-wing person in America – has that kind of relationship with the military. No, I don't think so. And I think probably in our current political climate, a lot of that would have to do with the military not necessarily aligning with Trump. Right. Like especially the woke generals that he (laughs) called out all the time. Yeah, those generals, they're so woke. So woke, yeah. (laughs) Just spreading their liberal values all across the globe. Absolutely. Oh, Take all this freedom and democracy. It's all I, we're delivering, baby. I, I can't. I can't even wrap my head around that. We can't. We can't <laughs> go into that. It just makes my head spin. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. And so, yeah, these protesters, they don't just want Bolsonaro back in place. They want a full-on military dictatorship again, like permanently. This is what happens when your version of Make America Great Again literally means literally a previous military dictatorship. Like if America had had that experience, that would be exactly what the modern Republicans would want to go back to. Right. Yeah. And what's so frightening about that is the military is saying no now. Yeah. But – The more people that jump on board an idea like that, if that spreads enough, who says the military at some point doesn't go well? It's just what the people want. Yeah. So we are going to send Lula back to prison again. By force. I mean, they'd probably execute him this time. Yeah. Prison he can get out of, as we've seen. So as it became clear that the military was not going to intervene to stop Lula from being inaugurated, election misinformation starts spreading like wildfire online in Brazil. It already was before this, but this was a very specific form that was like, no, this election that just happened was rigged. Much more targeted. Yeah. You know, just like we saw here in 2020. And this led to a crackdown on social media that saw several of Bolsonaro's biggest and most prominent allies getting their social media accounts suspended. Yeah. Which is also a thing that happened here. Yes. And that, I accept, you're walking a fine line when it starts coming to that. Because that's obviously censorship. But But it's also a government trying to put down what they see as an insurrection. Right. So suspending social media accounts, be lucky you got off with just that. It's not 
censorship because that requires like a government or an authority figure to it's just but it is obviously picking a side which i'm sure people can frown upon but whatever i mean i think if it were me i would be happy that my politicians were getting kicked off of twitter i don't think any politician should be on twitter i think it's a terrible idea yeah, I have said several times the second Obama tweeted, we should have been like, nope, yeah. nope, nope, nope. That was a legitimately huge mistake yes. on America's hard part. To, hard to see at the time. Yeah, because he was the social media president. Sure. It was so fun. And we had yet to have the type of relationship with social media that we now have. And yeah, I think that was a huge mistake that no one could have seen coming. Now- The thing about the social media accounts in Brazil Mm -hmm. that were shut down is that move was ordered by the government. Oh, crazy. It was the Supreme Court Justice Alexander de Morris who ordered that these social media accounts be shut down. And that does seem a little more extreme to me. But also one thing we're seeing with like the Twitter files stuff that I still think is not all that shocking is there were cases where elected officials here or people who are running for office reached out to Twitter and asked them to take down tweets that were deemed misinformation, which still doesn't reach this level where the Supreme Court is shutting down social media accounts. But I think that, I don't know, kind of speaks to how much more serious. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely, it's definitely fucked up. But at the same time, if what they're using their social media accounts for was lies and propaganda and misinformation, then I don't know. Is that really censorship? Well, (gasps) here's the thing. Even if it's censorship, again, the people they're censoring, this is a government that is taking on an opposition. Yeah. Like these are people who want to overthrow the government. Yeah. So cutting your fucking Twitter feed is going to be the least of your problems after a while. That's like really preliminary shit. And that's a thing with any government that is going through a coup. Shutting down the Internet is one of the first things that happens. Yeah. Like they did it in Egypt like immediately. Yeah. But this was a little more selective. And I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, I think it does actually kind of amount to censorship, but it's also like... I just mentioned this place rules documentary. They interview Alex Jones extensively in that. And he keeps saying, my show is called Info Wars, not physical wars, not gun wars. It's Info Wars. And it's like, if that's the course of action you're taking, where we're just fighting the government with information, motherfucker, the government's going to fight back. Yeah. And they're going to fight back by blocking your information. Yeah. I think maybe the whole situation is more complicated than terms like censorship even. Oh, sure. I feel like it's important to stress that, like, maybe it is censorship, maybe it's not, but whether or not that has the same implications as what an American's understanding of censorship is, I mean, who knows? We can't say. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm kind of just rambling. But it's crazy that the Supreme Court ordered it. It did make its way to Tucker Carlson's show. Oh, great. Cool. Yeah. definitely called it censorship and was very angry about it. Speaking of propaganda and fucking uh, lies. Right. Among those kicked off social media, Bruno Ayub, who goes by the name Monarch. God. 
He's one of Brazil's most famous podcasters. His YouTube channel with more than 4 million followers was deactivated. Cool. Nicholas Ferreira, 26-year-old influencer and congressman-elect with over 2 million followers, was suspended from Twitter. And lawmaker Carla Zambelli, who has over 9.5 million followers, was suspended from 10 different platforms. (laughs) Like, this is different than what's happening in the U.S. In this case, the Supreme Court granted themselves like sweeping powers, including giving Moraes the unilateral authority to mandate the removal of any content he wants, enforced by hourly fines and potential suspension of some tech company's right to stay in business. (laughs) That's one of those things where if you're on Lula's side... yeah. And you're thinking, well, yep, I get why they put that in place. Makes perfect sense. You damn well better have like a date written in your calendar to go back to Lula and be like, you're going to turn that off now? Yeah. Right. Can you just censor whatever you want forever? And they're like, no, it's forever. Sorry. (laughs) It's kind of like that crazy surveillance system in the dark night. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Where like Lula has to be like, look, don't worry. I have set it to (laughs) self-destruct at this specific time. So it's fine. Yeah. It's like, I mean, COVID surveillance is, I think, similar example where Something we're finding not so much in the United States yet, but in other countries, they've already started using that COVID surveillance for other shit. Which sucks because that stuff is also what helped a lot of countries keep the virus under control. Yeah. When the United States wasn't able to. That's how it works. Yeah. Just slide some of your personal (laughs) liberties across the table and they slide safety back at you. And if you're in Brazil, (laughs) sometimes the person sliding that safety back at you is Lady Gaga. (laughs) This is nuts. And I love this story so much. The absolute peak of election misinformation that circulated in Brazil after this election was a claim that Lady Gaga is actually an employee of the International Criminal Court at The Hague. And this claim appeared alongside this doctored image that appeared to show Lady Gaga on a Zoom call with Jair Bolsonaro. And it's definitely her in this picture. Sure, And she's like wearing... This outfit that looks like she is at work at The Hague, of course. Sure. And the claims identify her as Stephanie Germanata, which is her real name. But also, it's Stephanie Germanata, comma, Prime Minister of The Hague Court. (laughs) That is her real name. That is not a position at The Hague. Yeah, what Prime Minister? (laughs) Prime Minister of The Hague Court? (laughs) For some reason... Right-wingers have a real bee in their bonnet about the fucking International Criminal Court. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, I wonder what that's about. (laughs) Who could ever know? Who could say? So this video that was circulating claimed that Lady Gaga was going to be the one responsible for authorizing this military intervention that was going to put Bolsonaro back in office. And that this Zoom call was proof that Uh, it was going to happen any day now. uh, Maybe I missed this. Who knows? (laughs) Why Lady Gaga? No idea. Did she do something to piss 
them off? Who? Whoever is doing this stupid thing. <laughs> I have no clue. But, like, what's the gain of Lady Gaga being the person who's in the International Criminal Court? You're still on trial at the criminal court. doesn't matter who the fucking head of it is. Why Lady Gaga? I don't know. I, I don't feel know. like I've missed a key piece of context. I don't know how to make sense of this because I don't think it makes sense. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just that right-wingers are fucking stupid. <laughs> Could be. Yeah, this part especially feels like social experiment shit. Yeah. It's like, what can we get these fucking dunderheads to believe? To online. Like yeah. the world over. Just everybody log the fuck off. Just, you know what? Watch some TV. Just log off and watch some Netflix. Sure. I mean, yeah. Yeah, go watch Old Enough. That story about <laughs> Japanese babies running errands. That is a cute show. Have you watched it? Yes, it's the best. It's so adorable. It's the best show. People got mad about it. It's like, people got mad about it. There were people who were like, ooh, it's irresponsible. This is why I'm not on Twitter. (laughs) See? This is exactly the reason because fuck you. But I don't get this stuff from Twitter. I go through a bunch of headlines every day. Right. Well, sure. To like find topic ideas. And that's where I see shit like that. I mean, fuck that. That's just cultural. The episode we, where the kid had to make the lemonade. Oh, my God. And I he just kept playing this toys. I haven't watched. Yes. Yes. And the mom calls him at the house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my favorite is the one where the two friends have to go to the shrine. It's adorable. It's the best. Anyway. It's a fun show. That has as much to do with Brazil as Lady Gaga. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so the next move. From Bolsonaro supporters. This also sounds familiar, but they seem like they were way better at it. Truck drivers, apparently encouraged by military reservists, launched a series of roadblocks. Like at their height, they had something like 300 plus roadblocks across 25 states. It's what our truck protesters wish that they had done. Yeah, I loved the video of... One of those truck caravans getting just owned by a dude on a bike. Because he's like, you're not going to fucking run me over. Yeah. Are you going to kill me? So enjoy going 12 miles an hour through my neighborhood. (laughs) So good. There was an eerie thing that happened with these Brazil truck blockades, though, where the military immediately moved in to make sure they couldn't block the roads that lead to Congress. (laughs) And it's like, did you want to make sure, like, the protesters who were going to storm it could get there? Is that why you left it open? Probably. Because it seems like blocking it might have been a good idea. Yeah. I mean, look, maybe, and this is pure ignorant speculation, maybe, like, people who are in the military have figured out that they could have a much easier time of the whole coup thing if they step back and just gently encourage people to do it themselves. Yeah. And then they can step in eventually and be like, look, we'll handle this. We can cool this down. Yeah. Which I kind of feel like if Trump got reelected, that was what we would have seen with like Black Lives Matter protests. Sure. Again, like Trump's relationship with the military is different, but like it definitely wouldn't be hard to convince them, I don't think, to do that. No, I don't think so either. And so these blockades, they carried on. For a bunch of weeks and they just kind of got scarier and more violent as they went along at one point police said the blockades were being carried out by quote extremely violent and coordinated 
hooded men. Go. It's always a good sign. Yeah, like what kind of hoods are we talking? <laughs> I don't like that at all. There was also one region where the blockade protesters demanded that local shops shut down in recognition of the protest, and any that didn't would suffer reprisals. Jesus. That's an extra step. What a bunch of cool guys. Yeah. They just want freedom. Yeah, exactly. They just want the freedom to tell people who to vote for or die. <laughs> yeah, or whether you're able to open your business or die. Right, right. That's just how the free market works. Conveniently, despite being one of the most active world leaders on social media, Bolsonaro kind of went missing during all this. Yeah. Silent, didn't say anything funny. about it. Imagine. That, it seems like that's his move. Yeah. Seems like kind of a pussy. Kind of a pussy, but also kind of a, I'll let him tear shit up for right. a while and see how it goes. Of course, the coward's move. Right. Yeah. It's a coward's move, but it's also kind of a, is this going to work? Yeah. Will I get to go back and be empowered? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it should go without saying that they were also throwing up Nazi salutes. Sure. Why not? Again, a little bit of a connection between Brazil and the Nazis. Sure. Allegedly. Allegedly. And we'll link to an article about it, but this article is in Portuguese because here's the thing. I do my fucking research. But also, it's one of those pages that, like, refreshes every, like, 30 seconds oh, or so. Sure. And so you can click the translate thing to make it English and read it. But then it's going to refresh yeah. at some point and go back to Portuguese. And that happens very quickly. <laughs> so I was able to read, like, the first paragraph. Right. But Nazis in Brazil. Cool. Who knew? Yeah, can't believe that. I mean, it's technically not the Nazi salute. It's a fascist salute. Sure. But, you know, at this point in history, that's just splitting hairs. But I feel like there's definitely a racial element to these protests as there is to all right-wing protests around the globe. But I feel like the Nazi element is, yeah, much more fascist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after that didn't work, after the truck protests eventually fizzled out. Yeah. And once again, it's the military that they're wanting to intervene in this election. Eventually, it's just the military every time that's like, no, we're just going to break up your protest. Yeah. That it happened when they were protesting at military bases. Eventually, the military broke it up with tear gas. Yeah. And it happened here where eventually the military was like, we're the military. We'll just clear the streets. Well, it also seems like that's a fundamental problem with the truck convoy protests, which I also had the thought about when they were happening in North America. It's like that's a type of protest that is heavily reliant on being able to pay for gas and maintenance of your vehicle. So they have I mean, like that just can't last for very long by its nature. Right. That has to run out of steam eventually. Unless it's being funded, which is well, sure. something we'll get into on the next episode about the Brazilian Congress riots, is that this is all being financed by, like, the agri-sector sure, yeah. in Brazil. Like, yeah. really rich farming companies and corporations. Definitely not slave owners. No, 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 no. Definitely not. I would never claim such a thing, and I'm not claiming that they're slave owners. No, no, it's not a thing. Not on our half of the <laughs> globe. Wait, oh yeah, so that half. Okay, Right. interesting. Right, right. Yeah. I don't think we'd normally put ourselves on that half of the globe. <laughs> okay. You get it. I get it. 
the West. Sure. So the next thing after the truck protest didn't work, these motherfuckers, Bolsonaro supporters stormed the federal police headquarters. Yeah. Which is honestly kind of crazy when you see what Brazilian federal police dress like. Yeah. <laughs> they were in the Edge of Democracy documentary, but, like, they are f- straight-up fucking black balaclava-wearing motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah, I am shocked this didn't end in the death of yeah. hundreds of protesters. Like, I'm all about fucking storming police headquarters, but if, this, if the motherfuckers are wearing fucking black ski masks, yeah, I might have more caution. And also, it's like, should... Lawmakers in Brazil have seen the storming of Congress coming. Right. It's like, yeah, they stormed the federal police headquarters a month earlier. (laughs) They're going to storm any fucking thing you put in front of them. They're kind of in a storming mood. (laughs) Storming is just their thing. Yeah, it's trending right now. Everybody's on TikTok and they're all like, hey, storm. (laughs) And there was one commentator in Brazil just called it a botched attempt. At a January 6th style riot. Mm, One could call it a botch attempt or one could call it a dress rehearsal. Right. Exactly. (laughs) The attack on the police headquarters happened after Lula's victory was officially ratified by Brazil's electoral court. Yeah. So probably over now. Like now that it's ratified, there's nothing else really for them to complain about. It's yeah, because I feel like Lula, just from the vibe that I've gotten from what I've heard of him, seems like he would just be like, oh, okay. That's what you're attacking in yeah. response to me winning? Okay, fine. Oh, no, not the police. I mean, obviously, it escalated later, but still. And so this incident did lead to some fears that there could be more violence in the future for yeah. some reason. But the man Lula appointed as his future justice Wait. minister. He's got just a wonderful name. Flavio Dino. That is a great name. And look. It looks like Dino, and that's just how my brain processes that. So he was very reassuring. Here's a quote Are there, unfortunately, people who want anti democratic and illegal chaos? Yes, there are. But these people did not prevail today, and they will not prevail tomorrow. They'll prevail in like a couple weeks. Yeah, it might even, you know, stretch into like 2024, but eventually they'll prevail. Yeah, they will, unfortunately, prevail. And so with Lula's victory certified, everyone just packed up and went home. Just joking. The next thing that happened (laughs) is someone who wanted to bomb the Brasilia airport. Yeah. That was stopped by police. A few days after the storming of the federal police headquarters, a man named George Washington de Oliveira Souza was arrested after police foiled a plot to set off an explosive device near the Brasilia airport, an act he was trying to carry out in protest of Lula's win. This is just full of unfortunate details. That name just sounds like something a Republican would make up for a Brazilian. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a wild name. And Souza is a 54-year-old gas station manager. He told police that Bolsonaro's suggestions of election fraud inspired him to carry out the attack. Oh, at least he's up front about it. He's like, no, the guy said. He said there was fraud. Bolsonaro's like, "Uh, uh, come on. Oh, this is my dad. We're going to get him out of here. They're like, you're 12 years older than him. That's my dad. Come on, dad. Dads are being crazy. 
So when he first arrived in the capital, he joined an encampment of Bolsonaro supporters who had posted up outside army headquarters in Brasilia. This is a quote. My trip to Brasilia was so I could join the protest in front of the army headquarters and wait for the armed forces to authorize me to take up arms and destroy communism. End quote. Does that sound at all familiar to any listeners in the United States? (laughs) What's kind of alarming about that quote, other than every aspect of it, it, is that that's not like completely irrational. There was a non-zero chance of what he just described happening. Right. There very possibly he could have shown up and the military could have been like, "Okay, here's a gun. Let's go do this. Right. That could have happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that goes a long way toward what's getting Trump in trouble for January 6th. Yeah. He did say it. Like, he did say the words that inspired people to go do this shit. Yeah. God, how crazy would it have been if this guy showed up and the military was like, here, have a gun? It would have been crazy, which is why it's even crazier that it could have happened. And another alarming detail here, and people at home will need to read the Reuters article we're referencing here to see it. I'll link to it in the show notes. Souza told police he invested nearly 160,000 reals, a.k.a. $30,600, building up an arsenal of weapons to take on the government with. Here's a quote. What motivated me to buy the guns were the words of President Bolsonaro, who always emphasized the importance of civilians being armed by saying an armed population will never be enslaved. He's not wrong. And what's... Concerning about that is we hear that and we're like, oh, sure. Yeah, you encourage people to buy guns. Brazil doesn't have the history of gun ownership that we have. Right. Bolsonaro loosened gun laws in Brazil and gun ownership increased like sixfold under him to the point that there are now something like 700,000 registered gun owners in Brazil. That's crazy. And every single one of those people is ostensibly a Bolsonaro supporter. Right who is just waiting for the word to show up with guns. Yeah. Like, did they not bring guns when they stormed the Congress? Yeah, that just seems like the logical thing to do. Is, yeah. Is like, if you've got them, Shoot them if you got them, you know? Exactly. Bolsonaro's telling you to. He loves guns. I've seen him talk about it. This guy was also planning to construct a bomb using dynamite that he brought to the encampment with him and a remote triggering device that someone gave him when he arrived at the encampment. It's like, does Brazil have an FBI? <laughs> so that's probably who gave you that, bud. Sorry. Yeah. Was the guy wearing a black ball of cloth? <laughs> Yeah. When he handed you the remote. Did he have to take his badge off to hand you the remote? And Sousa said he ultimately lost his nerve and handed the bomb off to someone else who planted it at the airport. It's like, sure. Cool. Yeah. And it's still there. Yeah. <laughs> they still haven't found it. <laughs> yeah. It's in a display case. In it, the, the, the location's hidden in a Where's Waldo book. <laughs> So he was arrested shortly thereafter. And I don't know, that increase in gun ownership makes me really nervous for Brazil. Yeah, I mean, one thing that we know about guns is that the more people who own them, the more people who die because of them. Right. And I mean, it's not like there's no guns in Brazil. I've seen City of God. (laughs) Yeah, which is, of course, an extremely accurate and nonfiction portrayal of... It's a documentary, I believe. Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, yeah. 
So all of that happened in the run-up to Lula's inauguration. Things didn't get a whole lot tense with his inauguration. And by that, I mean a man carrying an explosive device and a knife was arrested (laughs) while attempting to enter. As many as 100,000 people had gathered in the area for the ceremony. So if that device went off, that would have been very bad times. And all of that was just in the lead-up to what we're talking about next. It's just ketchup. Which is the actual attacks on Brazilian Congress and the things that have happened since. Here's the thing. We could, in theory, just make this a longer episode and cover all that, too. But we're recording this a few weeks ahead of when it's going to come out. Yeah. And I feel like there are going to be developments. Seems like the situation is changing day by day. And like one of the developments is we've already mentioned there was like some military involvement Mm -hmm. or not a lot of military intervention to stop what happened at the Brazilian Congress. So Lula fired the head of the Brazilian military. And I'm sure that will have no ramifications or repercussions at all. I mean, yeah. For Lula. Who knows? And that happened like a day ago. So I kind of want to keep an eye on this one a little bit before we issue our final report, so to speak. The situation is heavily in flux. It sure is. And uh, it's fucking crazy. Well, I always say we'll keep an eye on the story, but this one we actually... No, I mean, we've got... Going to do a part two soon. Yeah. So. so until then, I think we have made it to the end of this episode. Do we yeah. have any final thoughts? It sure is concerning. Yeah. I mean, my thoughts, as always in these situations, my thoughts and feelings go out to the workers of Brazil and the people who are actually going to suffer because of these right wing attacks and the responses to them and the responses to the responses and everything that's going to follow. I mean, it's going to be a terrible time, and I feel terrible for the people who have to go through that. It's also such an environmental concern. Yeah. Because the Amazon rainforest is primarily in Brazil. and For now. For now, (laughs) that's the thing. That's the reason the agriculture sector is so on Bolsonaro's side. yeah is they want to be able to develop the Amazon rainforest like he's been pushing. Look, we are talking about people who are basically the bad guys from the Avatar movies in real life with basically no exaggeration. They just want to fucking get in there. They've got their giant remote-controlled bulldozers at the ready. They've got their mech suits (laughs) ready to go (laughs) to fucking put down the opposition. They just need the go-ahead from the local government. Yeah. They're trying to put that Navi Starbucks up exactly. in the middle of the rainforest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, they need their coffee. They could put a rainforest cafe. Well, Bring those that back. would be really insulting. <laughs> like, imagine. Imagine. What if they just cut down the trees and put a bunch of animatronic animals <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The most depressing rainforest cafe in the world. The one <laughs> yeah. that was built on top of a rainforest. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. So, yeah, we'll be getting into the actual Congress attacks and the the fallout from those and the parallels to January 6th and all of that on yep. the next episode. Until then, do we have anything to plug? Going back, our Lost Rewatch podcast, if you haven't been listening because you're not on 
the Umpops Conspiracy Patreon for some reason. Rude. Rude. But if you haven't been uh, listening, we're almost to the season finale. And after that, our first season of episodes will be free. So. Yeah. So be on the lookout for that either way. Yeah. And adamtodbrown.substack.com. You can read my writings there. By the time this goes up, I should be back in full swing doing that. And uh, I think that's it. Let's get the fuck out of here. Olivia, say goodbye. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. We love you. People of Earth, your planet is about to be destroyed.